Welcome to the Momenta Partners Uncommon Perspectives podcast series. This is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner. In this series, we bring you some of the most insightful and creative thinkers, authors, and practitioners who share their experiences and views across a range of topics that have relevance, not just for business, but for life as well. We hope you enjoy their insights. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another Momenta podcast. This is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner at Momenta Partners. And today we have a second time guest. It's uh, David Bauer, who is a managing partner at Sand Hill East. He was one of our first podcast guests. He's got a uh, history as a uh, chief security officer, chief uh, uh, risk officer, and uh, deep in technology and and business risk, and kind of an all around uh, you know entrepreneurial mind, as well as a, um, uh, a, a deep technological expert. Uh, and in, and in this conversation, we're going to explore a bit of a different angle. Uh, Dave and I uh, met up in uh, around Christmas time and we're, we're chatting about the risks to digital transformation. And he had mentioned that he'd done quite a bit of work around doing uh, uh, strategy risk assessments. And we're, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, I wanted to explore this angle uh, and the the, the nature of managing risk, because this is certainly something that uh, that he's he's uh, addressed all through his uh, through his career. Dave, it's 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 great to have you with us again. Thanks, Ed. It's good to be good to be back again, and um, looking forward to chatting today about the application of risk risk assessment to digital strategy. Um, people often will kind of equate that to maybe security or technology, but um, risk can be applied to practically, or risk assessment can be applied to practically anything. And I've been doing a lot of work recently in applying the concepts of risk to digital strategy. Yeah. Well, let's. Well, first of all, let's let's start a bit with a with a bit of a a level set and context. And and uh, could you share really some of your you know your background in in managing risk and and uh, a bit of the perspective that. You- Uh, working, you know, primarily with cybersecurity, but also in uh, in some pretty complex uh, uh, institutions. Okay, yeah, uh, in my thirty plus career, thirty plus year career, um, uh, I've been uh, a chief information security officer, a chief privacy officer, chief technology officer, chief operating officer for a number of different types of organizations, and and every one of those has a has a concept of um, I need to deliver business capability, business value. Um, I need to protect the company at risk of them um, or protect the company to make sure they're not at risk of not achieving their business goals. And so, um, you know, the fundamental tenets of risk assessment are, you know, what are the areas that I'm interested in? Um, you know, what are my uh, strategic objectives? What are my risks associated with with um, failure to achieve them, how important is that to me, and what should I do about um, uh, mitigating those items of risk 
so that um, you know I can uh, you know I have some success at meeting my business goals. Um, in some areas, the risk elements are well known. So um, in in security and business controls, there are a plethora of of uh, international standards and um, industry best practices that um, it's pretty easy to build a, a risk management program around. Um, but in digital strategy or digital transformation, that's that's it's fertile ground. So um, last year, um, um, we were talking to some companies who wanted to understand uh, or wanted an assessment of their of their digital strategy, the digital transformation. So, so I created uh, a digital strategy risk assessment framework as a way to evaluate um, a company's digital strategy and point out whether they were at risk of failing in their digital, digital strategy because of poor approach, poor focus, or poor execution, or um, not understanding and addressing all the kinds of elements they would need to do to make sure they're their digital strategy was comprehensive enough and on a good execution path um, to be able to be implemented. What are some of the dimensions that uh, that that come into play when you're when you're looking at uh, you know what what areas of risk need to be evaluated? And I, this is a very general question, but. Uh, I mean, when you're when you're looking at an existing business, right, like a financial business and, and you have, you know, for instance, back office, and, you know, clearing and regulatory re- responsibilities that are pretty well defined, it, it would seem that that's um, that would be a, a bit a, a bit more straight of a straightforward process versus the, uh, you know, the, the, the challenges of, of trying to understand what, you know, what could happen and uh, and, and I guess what what no what unknown unknowns there are out there that you also need to uh, to manage for. Um, so um, so just uh, kind of some interesting observations, and I'll get into the components. Is um, when every company has a digital strategy, and the question is whether or not they're going to be successful. And I think sometimes people might measure um, uh, falsely the success of their program. Like we have so many users using our application or using our website to conduct business with us. We fail, fail to realize that's the only way that they can interact. So, so sheer numbers is interesting, but doesn't really mean that there's a good digital strategy behind it. Um, um, the, the kind of elements that, um, that I think about in a digital strategy are, you know, was the system that uh, that that is supporting the digital strategy, the technology, and the the data designed as a platform for digital commerce. Um, uh, Amazon does this really well, right? They have a platform. Other, uh, it's a marketplace that other companies can plug into. The the application programming interface, the APIs are present, so data can come and go. Um, there are many companies that. Um, particularly legacy or older companies have a significant challenge for um, for having their system as a, as a platform for digital commerce. And you can you can often tell when this happens. You can tell because um, you try to do something in the application and it and it doesn't. It, there's no capability for it. And 
Um, sometimes that might be because it wasn't a well-thought-out application, which is an issue in itself. Another kind, it's because there's no interface that allows the application to pull the data it needs, or there's no interface that some partner can plug into and supply a data or services that that company really needs in order to fully make that digital um, uh, experience uh, um, uh, good for the user. We looked at at one company, and um, the inventory counts were not available in in real time for the ordering application. So, because um, uh, they never thought about it in that way. So, so the inventory numbers when you went to go buy something, you could buy it, but then later on you would get a message going, "Well, we don't have any of those." Um, so that's a really poor um, digital experience. When you go to buy something, you get your acknowledgement, and then. A little while later, you get some message that says, "Well, we're we're out of stock on that." You're like, "Well, but you said you had ten. I ordered two. So, um, so systems need to be designed. They have to be thought about as a platform for digital commerce with 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 um, the right kind of APIs to connect to um, the kinds of data and, and third parties. And and I and I think um, people have um, worries here about channel conflict. Well. Um, if I if I create an API so that people can buy my product through my application and then maybe through another interface, like say through Amazon or Walmart or Target um, or United Airlines application, because it's a it's some kind of travel um, uh, you know travel good, um, you know I've now allowed others to you know to be an interface to to my product. Well, that's exactly what the world is in digital commerce. It's, it's, um, it's the whole world is full of is full of channel conflicts. And what you have to do is you have to build your platform so so many more uh, other companies and their digital strategies connect in to give the widest possible uh, distribution. And that's just one element. Um, you know, there's another which is just building a great app. Um, you know, just because you have the one app and everybody has to use it doesn't mean it's it's really good and well designed. And a three by five inch screen is not a lot of real estate to build um, a really good app. We all have our own kind of personal experiences of of, of applications which are easy to navigate and um, uh, and you can find what you're looking for and the data's really there. United, as a good example, has done a really good job in their latest application. I travel a lot, so I'm going to use a lot of examples from the travel uh, from travel application. Um, so when you launch your application, the United application, it tells you, um, it sort of knows whether you're traveling that day or not. And if you are, it gives you all the information. You don't have to go down any menus. Oh, you know, you're traveling from Jacksonville to Chicago today. Your flight number is one two three four. Here's the gate. It's on time. Here's click here for your boarding pass. And when you make your connection, it knows its connection time and gives you the next leg of your trip. So that is using a bunch of really good con- uh, concepts around a good digital strategy. It understands you, context. It has data about um, uh, where you are, what time of day it is. What should be happening next, and provides you with the with with all the information you need at the time that you need it, um, so that you can um, you know you can make you have the best experience, and that's terrific. Um, 
But then they have broken things too. Here's a good example of a bad example. On Southwest, you can book your um, you on Southwest. You can you can check in if you have a pet reservation, um, but you can't reserve a pet online. You have to call, and the call is you call Southwest. You talk to an agent. You say, "I want to you want to I want to book a pet on this flight," and they say, "Okay." That's an example. There's got to be a missing API in the system that the app can't get to to book a pet. But you can check in once you've done that. On United, you can reserve your pet, but you can't check in. You have to, you have to go to the gate um, or, well, to the check-in counter. And so it's very interesting kind of looking at – these are like small examples, but they're nuances around a strategy where you want to fully digitize your customer experience and then you can't because it either wasn't thought of, the APIs don't exist, um, they can't figure out the exception conditions or whatever, that then begins to stack up the kinds of faults in a digital strategy um, that make it less appealing to, to the end users. How do you start to assess risks to a digital strategy? I mean, I, it would seem to be not simple, but pretty straightforward to do a technological evaluation to ensure that you're, you know, you're choosing the right, uh, you know, the right components, the right infrastructure, et cetera, and, and ensure that the code is, is bug free. But when, you know, when you move up into business logic and, and then downstream into the customer experience, are there, are there methodologies or approaches that you that you've found that are uh, you know, that that really help to help bring order out of out of uh, you know so <laughs> many so many moving parts? Yeah, we have. Well, we have. We've we when we do a digital strategy risk assessment, we look at fifteen uh, different capability categories um, and assess the risk of the organization's success at um, execution against those 15 categories. And some are, some are technology-oriented, as you would expect, what I talked about, how the system is designed, um, or security controls, or um, you know, whether there's um, uh, you know, all, the, all the services have, uh, are available through the application. But there's, there's a large number that are not strictly technology uh, related um, or, or just about the information technology, but the information of the design and capability. So for example, how well does the digital strategy make use of customer preferences and habits to drive the experience? Is it, is it thoughtful and does it, does it remember and understand what the customer is trying to do and then, and then use that? Um, people might call that AI, and whether or not you you think it's AI or not, the whole point is: is it using is it using that kind of information thoughtfully with some some design that's backed up by data um, in order to drive that experience? Um, there's another piece, which is you know cross business and brand integration. I think we've all had experience, particularly around mergers and acquisitions, where um, your digital experience is in one part of the brand or one part of the product. Um, but then there's another part where, where you want to interact with that brand and the digital experience doesn't, uh, doesn't um, transcend to that, that brand. And, and then it's confusing to you. You're like, well, why can I order this thing, but not, but not that thing? Um, 
uh, even though I know it's the same company. Or the social media response, which is high, which is which is which is um, a big part of the digital strategy, is the integration with social media. So, um, and it took a lot of co- companies a long time to figure this out. I think most do it don't do it very well. Um, so, if people are making comments about your company on social media, um, is your organization able to collect them, uh, digest them, respond appropriately? Um, I've seen somewhere the customers has like legitimate complaint. And the response is, um, thank you for your comment. That's like the Facebook response. Well, that's like getting a form letter, right? Dear, dear valued customer. Thank you for your, for your, uh, your note to us. We'll do our best to look into it, but actually doesn't acknowledge anything. There's no context. There's nothing that, that says that the company, uh, you know, has, has, looked into what you said based on the data that they have and done something that might, uh, that might help the situation. So, so yeah, there's technology that can support, um, and there's companies that, that can help you with social media monitoring and response, but unless you've got a strategy to do it and a strategy that looks to have a positive, in, a positive method of responding and dealing with social media commentary about your organization, you don't. You haven't really addressed the risk of social media with response to your company. Um, how, and I was just going to ask, you know, as how, an example, how, yeah, and also how you would how you would measure the. Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of data that can come off social media, but what 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 might be some of the uh, you know the approaches that you would use to you know to assess that uh, that 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 whether the social media uh, strategy is, uh, um, is, is being implemented correctly or, or, is, or, is, or isn't flawed in the first place. Or isn't flawed in the first place. Then you don't have strategy. So first you have strategy. Strategy has to look at things like, are we monitoring social media? Are we dealing with complaints as well as um, um, praises? Do we have a good way to respond and respond in a timely basis? Do we have data to collect about it? And I think that, that the measurements are are in uh, some kind of some interesting enough some old school style call center metrics can be really useful there you know response rate how many did we respond to how quickly did we respond and then some quality metrics is you know how do we feel about the quality of a response what was the after response to it did we get you know have we come up with a way to have a personal connection so can I take that complaint turn it into a chat session with someone who can you know, be empathetic. Maybe they can't resolve every complaint, but be empathetic and not generic to that uh, to that issue. And then return back with some positive acknowledgement about how how it was handled. Um, I do see some uh, uh, on some airlines now where they where they had an issue and they actually send you uh, some follow up that says. We know we had this issue. Tell us how well we did in handling that problem. So that's a great way to do that. And, and so whether or not they figure out they have a problem and reach out um, or monitor it on social media, but then get the feedback on how well they handled the problem. So, you know, they don't and, – and, that, and, that's, and that's using data, um, which, is, which is a big part of the digital strategy, to recognize that a problem occurred in the first place. So you don't get a note that says, hey, how was your trip? You get a note that says, hey, we know you had a problem on your trip. Tell us how we did handling. 
that's a really good digital strategy because you're using the concepts of data and context and um, and, and metrics and the, and the digital um, digital tooling in order to get be very precise about the the way they're going to collect feedback. And that's a that's a good example. Are there some other as you know as you look at the the other capability categories that you you analyze? Um, you know, well, a, a couple of them are, are very closely related to to data management uh, metrics and and um, uh, of course, you know, system architecture. But are are there some? Uh, do you find some best practices that are that you know that you look for um, when it, you know when a company is imp- implementing a transformation strategy that have to do you know fundamentally with how they you know how how they manage you know organize and analyze the data. <laughs> Um, there are some best practices, and they're interesting. They're in a couple of different areas. So one is in the culture in the organization. So um, it's very hard to have digital transformation when your main communication is emailing PowerPoints to each other. Um, and that's 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 an that's an area we've seen. They're, you know, they haven't they haven't transformed their communications. Um, they're working culture to a digital uh, to a digital organization. So then I actually find it then very difficult for them to then um, extend that out to the digital transformation they're trying to make with the interactions with their customers. If they're still kind of working in old-fashioned um, or non-digital um, centric methods. Um, second best practice is around data and the centrality of data. Um, one of the big benefits, um, and we'll get to privacy in just a second because it can be a, a problem as, as well. But the the you know whether or not the, there is centrality of data, and that doesn't mean all the data centralized in one big database. What it means is that all the applications and services that need to use data for decisioning can get access to the data that's clean, um, normalized, and um, uh, and and uh, useful in real time, um, so that um, the uh, so that the applications can make good decisions. Um, and so and that's very difficult in legacy companies because you know they got as you know data all over the place. And so uh, chief data architects, chief data officers, then become extremely important to the overall uh, digital digital strategy. Um, another key area is how they think about disintermediation risk. So we talked about channel conflict. It's true that, that, uh, that, that in the digital world, um, channel conflict is just a fact of life. But that doesn't mean that the company has to be disintermediated. What it means is it needs to think about how do, I, how do I expose data and services so I can connect up partners and other customers and users of my platform provide the richest experience for my customers. If I do that, um, I won't be dis- disintermediated. Um, uh, and I want to talk about privacy for a second because there's a lot of headlines right now uh, about uh, privacy issues. And I was one of the first chief privacy officers uh, on Wall Street at, at Merrill Lynch many years ago. And I understand this space. And I think what's happening here is companies are making very poor decisions about um, um, how they're using non-anonymized uh, data, um, or what they're doing with non-anonymized data. Um, 
you know, you know, um, uh, the best digital experience occur when when companies have access to customer preferences and habits. But that doesn't give them the rights to take that data and use it for the kinds of things that customers have not uh, uh, opted into in a way that they understand um, uh, meeting not just the letter of what they signed up to, but, but the spirit, right? So if I said, you know, use, you can use my data for, to help me, that means in this application. And if you want to use it outside of this application, so you need to ask me those kinds of things so I can understand I can understand that. And um, companies, you know, if they're, if they're going to have a strategy that works really well and one that's accepted by their customers, they have to get the privacy preferences correct and adhere to them. Um, so, uh, Dave, what can go wrong and, and what can go right when a company you know, doesn't effectively uh, implement a, a, a risk strategy for, you know, for their uh, digital transformation? Well, I think the the kind of obvious things that can go wrong, right? Customers um, won't won't adopt their digital strategy. They'll uh, gravitate towards a a, uh, a competitor that has um, uh, more compelling offerings that are more seamless, better designed, has better controls over privacy that um, is more seamless to their day to day. Um, kind of their day-to-day digital life. Um, and because people, I think, can now begin to understand when, 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 when the digital uh, um, interaction with a particular organization is going well or not going well. Um, and so, um, so there's, um, you know, there's a lot for a company to think about there. What goes right is companies are, you know, customers are, are you know, use it more and, and and uh, not just um, in a B two C sense, but even in a B two B sense, where where people go, I want to be present in that company's digital ecosystem because they have a great way to reach their customers. They have a seamless uh, integration because it's easy for me to bring my products and services into that into that ecosystem. And um, so, getting it right is beginning to own, is being to own and um, uh, and manage an ecosystem of of competitors and partners and customers all intertwined in a single digital strategy. So, if if you're talking to a company, a legacy company that's that's thinking about implementing a strategy, uh, you know, what would be a, you know a couple of uh, you know a couple of priorities mm-hmm. that that you'd advise for you know for you know, for a company that's that's just mm. undertaking the the you know a strategy and and hasn't thought about risk yet. Um, so what I would do with with them? So every company has a strategy, um, and the first thing I would do is 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 start working through um, uh, the, the and talking to the people who are responsible for the strategy, and then. Uh, along the 15 points or 15 capabilities that we've outlined in our digital strategy risk assessment, begin discussing with them. Look, here's here's the areas that we find bring risk to the digital strategy, if not if 
not thought about and implemented well. Um, so let's go through them and understand which ones are most important to you. And depending on where, what the customer was, sorry, what the organization is trying to achieve, not all of them are going to be the highest priority um, for a variety of reasons. Um, and so, um, and so then we can begin focusing on the, the ones that are high priority based on how they, um, how they view their digital strategy and how they view their customers. And sometimes through the discussion, items which they thought weren't very important all of a sudden become important. Like, wow, we didn't really think about social media monitoring. And, okay, well, let's, let's go out and let's, let's go do some analytics on Facebook traffic about you and go, wow, a lot of people talk about us, and we didn't know that. Um, so now it becomes more important. So, so you build the base of capabilities which are which are most important to the organization, and then work through how well the company's strategy um, protects them or defends against the risks of poor execution, poor implementation, um, uh, poor design. Uh, meaning that um, uh, that if they've done that, then they have a good sound strategy, and if they haven't. Uh, then we can provide recommendations on on uh, how they can improve oh, and where they should prioritize. Yeah, that's uh, no, that's that's great, great insight and great advice. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think you know, it's David. It's it's always a, a pleasure talking to you because uh, you bring a you bring a perspective. I think that's um, you know that's a lot of time is really overlooked when people are. Uh, where you know they're thinking about top line, they're they're thinking about execution and the uh, you know, the it, you know where you could be successful, but truly managing from a you know 360 degree view, uh, all of the you know all, all of all of the risks is 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 certainly something that a, a lot of people haven't haven't thought you know, really thought through. So well, thank you. It was uh, it was fun talking about this and. Um... Uh, I find it uh, very exciting. Oh, awesome. Well, as and just wrapping this up again, this has been uh, this is Ed McGuire Insights Partner, Momenta Partners with uh, uh, with David Bauer, who is a managing partner at Sandhill East. And again, if you have any any questions or comments, you know, please reach out, and we always welcome your feedback. And and once again, David, thank you again for your time. You're quite welcome, Ed. You've been listening to Momenta Partners' Uncommon Perspectives podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed the discussions, and we, as always, welcome your comments, input, and suggestions. Thank you for listening.